this is not going to be your ordinary setting. It's not a um, hoping holler setting. It's, it's a message to be given to God's people. And anyone that has worked in uh, dealing with mental health understand the importance and the necessity of the church involvement. In fact, even as I was uh, traveling, coming in early, I mean later today because I had to take care of some uh, needs for um, the uh, repass on behalf of Emerald, uh, I, as I was preparing to come, the Holy Spirit began to speak even more, began to really reveal to me uh, there is uh, so much that is lacking in addressing mental health in the church. We, 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 we don't talk about it. Because in our culture, you know, even go to a counselor was classified as taboo. We, we was told you don't tell family business, but family business in some incident need to be told to protect the future. In, in order to do that, people got to talk. Tell you that people got to talk. If COVID didn't make people start talking, nothing did. So it, it gave us the opportunity to have those moments of intimate conversation. And related to what we're thinking. Somebody say thinking. Thinking. Now, now I got so much to deliver today, and I'm going to do all I can to stay within a good time frame. But I really need you to bear with us because I really want you to get this. I really want you to grow from this. I really want you to be developed. What God's given me has been a saving grace for me. I have not always had uh, what I call a stabilization in my mind because there have been so many things have come throughout my life from uh, a, a childhood that I thought was great. I <laughs> only found that it was dysfunction. We just covered with toys and stuff like that. But then, y'all know last Sunday, was it Sunday, Wednesday? It hit me. Wait, wait bro, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you got stuck with the, the toys. And, um, and then I had a flashback. There were some things that happened in my life that, that really challenged my, my mental capacity. That even though I'm functioning in this society as norm, but there have been some abnormal things going on. There have been some situation that if God has not stepped in, I would have literally lost my mind. I, I mean, I know what suicide thoughts feel like. I, I know it's like to be overwhelmed. I know it's like you feel like you're losing it. And I've never been in that position. So it's no secret. So if I'm experiencing that, I'm quite sure others are experiencing it. But it's not to focus on so much on the, on the uh, mental illness, which I think, Anita, at some point we will have to bring that in, that component, because it is the result of, mental, of, the, of the mental health being impacted. impacted. So you, you will hear me talking back and forth to my daughter, Anita, in her profession. And uh, we're going to, again, let me put a disclaimer. We are not clinicians. Not. We, we're just pastors that have a heart from God, heart, for, heart from God, and want to help God's people. So I'm going to do, do an illustration shortly. So we're, we're going to continue in the series dealing with the children. I thought we were going to move on, but it's dawned on me. We still need to deal with some children development and help right. them to process. So as you come in with me, it'll be a blessing. If, let's do that. Let's, let's go to my opening scripture that I, I sent you all at the last moment. And that's of uh, uh, ready. You got that yet, darling? Okay. Uh, I, I got go ahead, a, a go thought. Uh, Nicole was ministering uh, in song, and then she began to minister about, uh, you know, what uh, our family generational um, dysfunctions were as far as uh, abuse 
and uh, it being my grandmother being brutalized by her husband, my mother by her husband, me by my husband, not me. Nicole. No, not, not first husband, I should say. I always got to need to clarify that. First husband. And then now my daughter uh, had been also in an abusive relationship. And then she said how Lala had a dream about the snake and how the snake, but she said she had that stick and she was beating that snake. And in that thought, I was, I was saying to myself, um, even though she beat the snake, we have to remember that it's still going to try to come. That's good. You know, we can have a mind to, this is not going to happen in my family. Mm -hmm. This is going to stop with me. This is going to stop with my child. But we have to know that the weapon is formed. And although it won't prosper, we have to be prepared and set ready to fight. And not just say, put it all at God. Well, Lord, you know, you said. But see, how many know that we have things that we have to do with the promise? Faith without works is what? Dead. So for me to say, and me and Nicole to declare that this won't be Lala life, for us to sit back and take our ease in Zion as if it's going to take care of itself. No. From our experience, what we have experienced, we are the watchmen now. We now see it coming. We are the protector. We, we are the guard of her now. And so until she gets to the place where she says no and fights. But there's some work to be done. And even in the promise, we have to know there's work to be done. Good stuff. Are we ready, Sharon? Let's, let's, let, let's, if you would, go to your Bibles. And I want you to look at the book of Galatians, chapter 5, uh, verse 17 to verse 21. Very interesting uh, writing of the Apostle Paul as he addresses dealing with... Uh, the flesh, mm -hmm. and what you just shared about your brief testimony of your generation of genealogy of things that happened, it is no doubt going to complement what we're going to read here. Mm -hmm. That's Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 to verse 21. I'm going to let you read that for me. Uh, start at verse 17 and go over to verse 21. You can amplify version. Let's read. Ampli oh, amplify version. Yes, let me get that part. That part right there. Mm -hmm. Okay, verse 17. Yes. Y'all know these electronics do what they want. Okay, I'm there. Okay, verse 17 to 21. Okay, so it says, for the sinful nature has its... No, amplified version. Amplified, amen. Galatians chapter 5, it says, for desire of the flesh. Verse 17. Sorry, verse 17. Oh, that's me. I'm, I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah. Go back. Which one? Go, verse 19, yeah. In my verse, oh, you want 19? Eight, 19 to 21, I'm sorry. Okay, so 19, started with verse 19. Yes. Okay. It says, you want me to read that one up there? That's fine. It says, now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident mm -hmm. that they are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealous, fits of anger, disputes, decessions, Fractions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. 
I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things, she made it smaller, will, inherit the king, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Apostle Paul is talking in regards to the works of the flesh being evident that they, they exist. So you take a child in, in a starting stage of life, um, you will find out that everything that impacts a child starts in the child development. When I not say Anita, is when a child is here, whatever you pour into that child, hold that for me. Is they say this is the child, or that was you one time, and this is the adult. Whatever it is inside the major picture, only is designed to receive and pour. So this is the child, and this is all these things in life that a person can be, will be impacted by in some form or another. So if a parent, and we're talking about what are you pouring into your children, whatever is in you goes into Johnny or Renee. And it's poured over time. Once it's poor, it's in there. Whatever you bring out of you into your child is what they grow to be. Let's go to the scripture. It said, train up a child in the way he should go. King James Version. And what he has been taught when I depart. In the Amplified Version says, train up a child in the way he should go. And related to the will of the Father for his life. And help manifest his talents and gifts. So the child receives from you as the God. Because you have not introduced them to God. All they know is you. So whatever you are in this manifestation earth realm, and whatever you are pouring out of any behavior, anything related to generation, anything related to those scriptures we read earlier, goes into your child. Yes. And they become what you have poured into them. Now the scripture says, therefore if a man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So what goes back out in them what was given to them become them, which was you. Now they're them, who's you now. And now they got their own, and they're only doing the same thing was done to them. Just change size. Same people, same situation, just change capacity. Let's be transparent. How many of you can say there's some things that was poured into you as a child that you wrestle with today? Some misguidance un, may not be knowledge of, and something was done deliberately. Now, remember, we're born into sin, so our parents or whoever was in our life who didn't have Christ in their life only gave what was in them. We break the cycle through salvation. Yes. Though the cycle is broken, it doesn't change the fact it's been manifested in you. So now you're going through the life cycle trying to overcome those things that impacted your mental health. And you're trying to figure out what the dynamics are. How did I get here? Why, why did this happen to me? Why, why, I'm not, why do I feel the way I feel? What, why I'm struggling with this situation? Right. Somewhere in the generation, the genealogy, things were not dealt with. Right. That's why it's very, a matter of importance that we be mindful of what we pour. Because it was done to you, don't mean you're supposed to do it to someone else. But we're creatures of habit. We do the same thing, but in a different way. We have to break that cycle 
so they don't mess up the future of someone else. Because the child now grows up, thank you, grows up as you and I have trying to figure out how, excuse me, mother, how did we get to this particular side of the field? And why am I here? Why are these things happening to me? Why am I feeling the way I feel? Because somebody did not take the time to get the thing resolved. Right. And now, which was as a child, I mean, as you know, as a child, everything pretty much is innocent. You know, you, you believe everything, you do everything that you think you can jump off the roof of a house, you can fly like Superman, only find out when you hit the ground, and you really can't fly. Well, we try again. Sometimes we keep trying because we think we can. Yeah. Sometimes we keep trying. Remember when you used to try to jump? Say we had your, your little cape on that you tied on? So, mm -hmm. Towel, sheet. cape, sheet. Mm -hmm. Pillowcase. Pillowcase. <laughs> You didn't just jump one time, you know, thinking you could fly and it didn't succeed. You did it several times thinking, you know, in your mind that you might even caught a little glide there, you know. You know how we, in our mind, we thought we did. So, oh, well, maybe if I do it this way, it'll happen. You know, uh, and so we, as kids, we, we have that innocence, that trust, that belief, faith, all of the things that are so good about us. Mm -hmm. As children, this is the part that we have to guard. Yes, because everyone that is admirable is a hero. Whether it be Superman on the mm -hmm. television mm -hmm. or dad in the home, because as I said last Sunday, every male see his father as being a hero. He, you know, no matter how bad he may be, there's something great about my dad. But there's some dysfunction there. That is literally somewhere in the cycle is impacting that child life. I have to repent. I've said this many times. Kids being bad. No, they're not bad. They've been misguided. Yeah. Thanks. Because whatever you call that is what it becomes. Right. If you're given this, this is what they are. So if you call your child, you little bad bastard, well, he's going to act just like you called him because you created that okay. in him. Uh, are y'all even handling this? Okay. I mean, bastards in the Bible. That's me as though you had no father. So I'm not going to say it again. It was like, oh, good, good. We got it, Pastor. <laughs> no, I'm not just a cusser. Just say what I need to say. Anyway, <laughs> but my point is whatever you spoil out of you is now affecting the mental health of the child. And we have to be mindful of that. In fact, we got to change that. I don't want a repeated history of Lala have to say that she became a better grandparent when she could have been a great parent. You know what I'm saying? We, I did it better as a grandparent. No, do it better as a parent. That, that's, that's the correction that needs to be made because we don't. Everybody's saying the same thing. Well, you know, you're more patient as a grandparent. But why are you more patient as a grandparent? You weren't, you weren't patient with your own children yes ma'am yeah no i was okay. i'm in total agreement with you uh i think that there's always room for improvement as parents even if you do it well you probably in your mind could think about some things you know that you could do better mm -hmm. but it's you know when i say uh when we're talking in this category we're talking about things that we know are detrimental to our children we we uh we have to safeguard Yes. Uh, and make sure that they don't get formed. Uh, and this is another thing. 
the forming is happening. Um, and it's happening from all angles. You know, we have, when we touch our children as parents or grandparents, that's a touch. And then the world touches them. The kids in school, you know, I think uh, the, the kids with grandkids was telling me on the school bus that one of the kids, you know, was on the bus just cussing. And then they was trying to show Trey a video of them cussing. So people will children that they are raising uh -huh. will come and be impactful to your children, bringing things that you haven't exposed your children to. And, and so that's a touch. Yeah. And this is not to create a condemning nah. to anybody in this room as a parent. We're just trying to say, let's do a better job in safeguarding our children. Because my people perish for a lack of what? Knowledge. And when you don't have knowledge, you do ignorant stuff. So all of the change the ignorance me unlearn practice is you have to hear the information. Right. And you have to be okay if it happens to be you at this moment. You have to remain that way. Can I say sure. one another thought to that? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we can't stop necessarily the interaction with the with the world. Yes. As children that are uh, parents or grandparents that are raising children in the in our faith. But what we can do is we can educate them and give them the tools where they can repel, or like Lala, fight. You know, you don't have to take on everything that's presented. And so we gotta teach our kids, it's okay to say, no, nah, I don't wanna see that. You know, no, you know, cause some things we have to tell ourselves as adults. We gotta keep the, the channel flicking, cause you know, they, yeah. they, you know, you can't sit and watch everything and then be good. You know, you got to, sometimes you got to safeguard your gateways and you got to teach your children to safeguard their gateways as well. And that point is just not what you say, it's also what you do. Mm -hmm. You just made a key point, entertainment. It's, you know, I know some, you know, some of you uh, individuals like watching some of these, these uh, sitcoms, hip hop, um, you know. Love and hip hop. Love and hip hop. These things are detrimental to the breakdown of the family. It's immoral, most of it. It shows a side that we, we try to disclaim, we try not to be, but yet it make all our women look like rah-rah. It make the men like they're a bunch of uh, whores that can't control themselves. And now we live in a society that go both ways. See, these things are entertainment where your kids are experiencing right in the, under the roof of your home. Remember, spirits travel. They, f they go from place to place. They just need permission. So whatever you open the door to is permitted. So now your children are acting out what you are permitting to be entertainment. How I many everything is not entertainment? Some things are, are for your demise. So you have to safeguard not just your children, but you got to safeguard your own. Because things are coming in through the airways. The devil is using social media. In fact, you, you got my slides ready? Look at these different slides. I want you to see this real quick. We're going to just kind of briefly show these and I'm going to move on. Uh, kind of some kind of little graphic, but just, just bear with us. What, what do you notice here? Here's this, the mother on her phone, the father on his phone, and the child's what? In the middle. Left to themselves. Left to themselves. Right in the house, right in the midst right of the parents. Of now, you don't think that child can somehow glance, see what mom is doing, glance what dad is doing? And all those things that we think we're so busy, we got to be on our phones but yet not taking time to, to develop our children, they're left alone. And they're being raised by themselves because we're too occupied doing our own thing. The, the cell phone is kind of like the, 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 the living room with the, with the, with the sacred uh, plastic on it. 
Y'all remember those, those living rooms, furniture? You know, don't, don't, don't go in there. That's, you know, it's, it's too hot to sit on anyway. Man. You, you don't go to sleep. You be sweat stick. <laughs> be peeling yourself off. Go to the next slide. <laughs> what, what's, what's happening here? Words are harming. Yeah. Words are powerful. Is it right, Anita? So hurtful. hurtful. And look at, look, at the, look at the facial expression of the child. She's devastated. And then that same devastation goes to the school. And the only person that seems to be safe to be involved in place is the teacher. And God forbid the teacher got the same behavior. So the child is catching on from home and at school. So that's why it's very important that we be not, that we be very mindful of what we say to our children. Sometimes you just got to hold it. If you're not going to build, don't say it. The old folks saying, if you can't say something good, don't say it at all. So old words, no, he's not hitting with his physical fit, but he might want to hit her because he's broken her spirit. How many know words can break your spirit? Next slide, please. Uh, go on to the next one. What is this here? Huh? Depending on what, what face she's going to put yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she got to decide day by day what mask I'm going to wear today. How, how many have done that? Have done the masquerade? Pretend like you happened, you wasn't? You know, uh, I mean, it's a lot that goes on. You see the angry face. You see the sad face. You see, uh, you see the, look at the one at the very top, one, two, three, four, on the very right, left, right. That'd be my right. Your left. My right, correct. You're good. Yeah. You're right. The mouth comes to the side. There's a lot going on there. How many of us have found ourselves trying to put on the different faces? Only, only find out it's only one face. Next slide. The almighty dollar. Everybody running to the dollar. Got to get the money bag. Got to get the, what do you call it? Got to get the bag. Got to secure the bag. Got to secure the bag. At what cost? From a pole, from selling drugs, from taking money from a john. So, so many ways people go after money, and people say, well, I'll never sell my soul for money. But many times we find ourselves doing that. They, it's a saying that that's a price tag for everybody. Only time that changes when you get in Christ. Without Christ, you are for sale. You are slave to the amount of dollar because now we look more for the dollar than we look to God. So our children grow up thinking they got to secure the bag. Not legally. It's all departed the mental health compact, uh, impact. Next one, please. What, what, what we got going on here? Everybody on their cell phone. No communication. No dialogue. Everybody's been entertained what's on that, on that device there. What, what was meant to be probably for use for a phone use, now it's been used, what? For sexting, sending graphic video, photos yourself. Don't realize that one day they may show up in your election. <laughs> right? When you hit stardom, all of yeah. stuff manifests. Yeah, I don't, and this is the thing about, you know, sending these type of graphic photos of yourself to people that's so possibly temporary in your life. Um, I mean, because they can get posted. And they, you know, they can be out there just for a lifetime, forever and ever. And so I just don't know where that thought come from. But I think but even our children yeah. don't know the impact 
that is having, they do a temporary thing, like with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or somebody they barely know, because it's the thing, and y'all know it's the thing to do now. You know, you can, you can be out there, but still uh, maintain your V sign and uh, do, do the most. But you're sending these things that could be sent to somebody else, that could be sent somebody to, to have this thing to boomerang back and, and backfire on you. And so I'm always cautioning young people and old folks sometimes too about these messages that we so quickly send. And because we're in the privacy of our own room, we feel like it's private. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, we're releasing it into the world we really just allowed everybody Mm -hmm. to have uh, a piece of us in that way that down the road 10 years down the road we might not want people to have that piece and and based on the mental of a child they're not developed to know the difference right all they think is you know they're being alike they're being accepted so Mm -hmm. parents i gotta say it again be careful with these cell phones Mm -hmm. with your children you're so busy doing your thing your kids are looking at stuff they're, they're getting connected with, with people right on the rooftop. Is it that we just too take care of ourselves as a parent? That we don't think the children are going to be impacted? Their mental health is being impacted. What we did as a child is much different than what they do, what they experience today. Yeah. We, we didn't have the cell phone as, as kids. We had beepers. Another <laughs> thing is, too, that sometimes we give our kids, uh, we, 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 we want to believe our kids are as innocent than they, than they are. We don't want to believe our children are more experienced or a little more out there than we than we know, and so it's it's you know it helps us to rest at night to think that it's still innocent in a, in every way. When actuality, they are they are they've been exposed to a lot more, and they're actually dabbling in a lot more than we know. And so, me personally, when it comes down to the cell phone, I have no problem with any of my grandkids right in the middle of whatever they're doing. Give me a phone. I need to see. And I don't go do what they're looking at now. I go into the history and start, I start sliding and looking, give me your pictures. I want to see your videos you're making, you know, because they are influenced. Yes. And they will try to repeat what they have been influenced by. And so you have to be careful. And then you got to have the conversation. You know, when you see something, it's not a beat moment. Like, yeah. what are you doing? You know, but you got to explain to them the danger of what it is that you're doing when it comes down to these phones and sending pictures, photos, or making videos and mm-hmm. stuff like this because everybody wants to be a YouTuber as kids now. Everybody yeah. wants that light. Now, that's the thing. The thing is to be popular and famous and everybody's following you. And, and I got to say, that has to be a part of a mental health situation because I'm seeing more grown women on, on trying to be YouTubers or trying to be a Facebook sensation. Everybody tuned to, to the camera. Everybody trying to get the 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 come up. It's goes affirmation. Viral. It's affirmation. Which means that somewhere, even as the adult, you know, we deal with the child, somewhere the affirmation wasn't given. So they're getting affirmation as an adult, said doing childish stuff. That's what Paul said, I put away childish things. Because if you don't stop these things now, if you're doing it at your home as an adult, what 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 why would your daughter, why would your son do likewise? They they see your behavior. You know, some things you just don't need to do as a believer. You right. shouldn't do. And it's, it, it, sometimes it can be a brokenness in you yeah. or, or it's a disconnect somewhere um, at that sometimes the affirmation or that we go after the affirmation. Most of the time, people, everybody most of the part wants to be liked. That's true. 
most people want to just be liked. I just want people to like me. Um, you know that. So that's where all of this comes from. A lot of this is just that. And then we have to understand that what we're talking about now, there there's some missed pieces that we that we didn't get that's got us still feeling like that's the most important thing. To the, even to the point of my um, putting myself out there in a light that may not be, you know, good. Yeah. I just for the affirmation or to to be noticed, I, I put myself out there, and so this is really big in the mm-hmm. in our world now because of the, uh, the the devices and the ability to be instant anywhere. And, and don't be afraid to change it. Yeah. See, the thing about change is made the change and, and society says that well you know kids deserve their own privacy they deserve to have their own thing no no not when you live in my house you know, I was, we respect boundaries on both sides because you are entitled to have some things that is your but as long as not it's it going to be detrimental for your future but when we let our kids have free range then then when things come out you have to take responsibility for that I almost I have what I didn't have well, they didn't have certain things when you was a child but if you're going to give them things that you know you can't afford, that's a, that also is affecting the mental health of the child. Because now the child only does what they see. And another thing with this, uh, with this with, while we're on this here, mm-hmm. is that once you put yourself out there, and this is to our young people, yeah. you, once you put yourself out there, you give people the right to ridicule. Yeah. And, and not like... Yeah, and cyber a, bullying coming and in. have a, a negative comment behind you, uh, behind whatever it is that you're putting out there. So sometimes we got to be mindful that um, you know, it, first of all, everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to think you're cute. Everybody's not yeah. going to think you know. Everybody's not going to be in agreement with what you are trying to portray. And so when you put yourself out there, you're also putting yourself out there for negative impact to come back to you, which is going to be opposite of what you're trying to do, which is to be affirmed. And then that's another punch in the gut that you take because now what you was trying to do to be affirmed is now turning into a negative thing, um, you know, from from people. Some people out there, all, that's all they do is they just troll mm-hmm. to say ugly stuff. Yeah. And it's not even about you. It's about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next slide, please. Got a, a, a couple at dinner. Now, I gave a homework assignment last week. And ask everyone relating to your family when you eat dinner, not to use your cell phone. How, how many did that this week? No, we never did. Yeah, you did. Y'all did. What, what was it like to have that time, not to have the cell phone, but have time with each other, just to have a conversation? It was, yeah. Yes. Anyone else did it? Yes. 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 My mother. What was your results? Keeping the tradition. Amen. That's Amen. wonderful. Uh, pie. Yeah. Yeah. If you can have that time to, for that intimate moment with your children, you'll find a whole lot about them. Now, listen. I'm not your dictator <laughs> by far. But when the man of God gives you something, it's for your betterment. 
I don't have small children in my home other than when the grandkids come over. And then they're not allowed to have their cell phone at the table no more. Because I, I want them to be able to eat your dinner so you won't make a big mess. <laughs> so you get from the table and do your homework or something. Now, that's my mental health. And don't be, don't be okay. Be okay your kids being angry with you. Some traditions need not to be broken. In fact, in, in the Old Testament, the law, God told them when they come to the table, remind them of the Passover. How are you going to remind people of the Passover? You never talk about it. So we got to take the moment and the time to spend that time together. Give, give my, this, we got one more slide. Everything is related to technology. We can't even help people because we're so bound by technology. How many know it's, it, technology has, has begun to literally take us by storm? You get no vacation, you got nothing to do with you. <laughs> so the, the, the technology world has now has tapped into anything that you have watched, they now know how to bring those things round and round. You ever been thinking about something? How did that come up? Yeah. yeah. It's tracking. Yeah, it's tracking. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Amplified bread. We're going to go to Genesis. It's our closing chapter. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Amplified Version says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive. Mm -hmm. Nor by showing favoritism. Somebody say favoritism. Mm -hmm. This is the word, only word I really want you to hear today when I go into my, my main chapter reading. Somebody write the word, if you would, write the word favoritism. Or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So Paul is, you know, Paul was the, he was the writer of many of the epistles of uh, Paul. His spirit was so unique, though he wasn't a married man, though he never had any children. But yet Paul was able to, through the Holy Spirit, tap into what society needs to know right. in relating how they supposed to be in their lives. So he said, do not provoke your children to anger. How, how, do, we, how do we provoke our children to anger? Uh, things that we can do to provoke our children is things that we know irritate them, but we do them anyway. You know, um, my, my thing is calling names. You know, you can provoke your child. Because I think we think we only can d discipline them or say something to, you know, bring them into order, you know, by cutting down to the, to the knee. Uh, but that, that just actually causes the child to be angry on the inside. And a lot of what you're trying to say to them, they're probably not listening because they're just angry mm -hmm. and mad. Mad because you're belittling them or calling them out of their name or, you know, and, and even sometimes our tone, our, our voice level is, is that it can be provoking. Um, I, I think that sometimes we as parents, we, we, we just don't, we're not mindful of the fact that children are people. And you don't have to remind your child, this is my house. <laughs> they know it's your house. You have rules. You have standards. Yeah. But every child yeah. at some point in life is going to challenge some of those rules. Mm -hmm. It's how you've been rearing them from the beginning to where they are now. How many, how many remember as a parent, as a child, if your parent gave you a look, you knew that was time to stop. Went too far. Now these days, they look back at you. And then that's time to snatch. Right. <laughs> that's old. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Help me, Lord. And bring them around. 
You can't say that. Yeah. Never. No, I can't Never. say that. Yeah, I'll take it back. No. But anyway, <laughs> that's when discipline really comes in. So he says favoritism. Now, the word favoritism means what? What does the word favoritism mean? Anyone? Just guess. What it, to be favoritism? To be favorite? It happens. But it shouldn't. It happens. But it shouldn't. Now, look at Genesis chapter 37. This is the story of Joseph slash Benjamin, but mostly Joseph. Even though Joseph was on a a dreaming missionary movement, but Joseph was given certain privileges and certain favoritism that the other brothers didn't get. And because he got certain privileges and certain favoritism, it only created a rivalry among the siblings. Genesis 37, verse 3 through verse 4 Skip to verse 20. We'll stop there, please. Says now Israel loved Joseph. Now Israel was uh was Isaac. I mean Isaac, uh, uh that's right, yeah, Isaac. No. Jacob. No. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Isaac. Go ahead, read it. Now Isaac. Israel loved Jacob mm-hmm. more than all his children because he was one of he was the son of his old age, mm-hmm. and he made him a coat of many colors. So he had him in he had him in a lot of years of life. Right. Okay. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all of his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceable unto him. Who did they hate? They hated Joseph because his father did what? Mm-hmm. Favored him. Here verse 18. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And he will say, some evil beast has uh, devoured him, and, he shall see we. What, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Verse 32 to verse 35, we'll talk about it. And they sat the coat of many colors. And they sent, I'm sorry, I'm going to read what I see in a minute. Mm-hmm. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, this have we found. Know now whether it be thy son, coat or not. Verse 33. And he knew it and said, It's my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in his pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins. Morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and mourned for his son many days. And all of his sons and all of his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I will go down into the grave until my son mourneth. Thus his father wept for him. I, I, I kind of went through that whole chapter and pulled out the most important of the scripture. Because if you ever understood the story, history of Joseph, Joseph was that particular one that was um, two of the only children that Rachel had. Rachel was the sister of Leah, whom uh, uh, Naaman, was it not Naaman, what's was the father's name of Leah and the father's name was? Um, Naaman. Naaman. He deceived um, Jacob into marrying Leah because the, the tradition was in order for you to marry this particular daughter, the young, oldest one had to be married off first. Joseph, Jacob worked. Seven days was seven years seven in a day. 
to take to betroth uh, Rachel, only find out that the tradition wasn't told him to after the years he worked, it was time to be rewarded. So how Joseph, I mean Jacob, I mean uh, Jacob wound up being in relationship with Leah at night, beyond my understanding, because Leah now is betrothed by because of father. Mm -hmm. So now Joe, Jacob comes back and says, okay, I'll work another seven years. Now, Laman says to Jacob, Laman, Lay, Lay, tell Jacob, well, you Laman, tell him work seven more years, and then you can have. So now I'm laboring for you for 14 years for this one woman. Now, this situation here is very complicated. It's a very complex situation. But because Jacob loved Rachel, he was willing to do that. Now, in the process of a man to do that, he had to, he's having a relationship with Leah, which is his wife by, by covenant, and then begin to have children. Rachel, at this point, has not had any, had any children yet. So Rachel and Leah, who are sisters, now become rivalry with each other because Leah has more children, but she's hated by Jacob. I mean, he really didn't, he, it wasn't his first choice. But Leah is competing with Rachel for the affection of Jacob. Because if I, each child she had, she gave him a name. She, 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 she named a certain name, and the name meant a certain thing. Only to find out that Jacob still didn't care for her that way. Which put her in a predicament of her mental health capacity really being detrimental, I mean, devastated, or detrimental to her. Now, Rachel finally has her son by Jacob, which is now Joseph. Then the second child, the last of the two, was Benjamin. And Benjamin, when he was born, Rachel died in birth as a delivery. So she died. So now Jacob only has, uh, by his wife, is Joseph and Benjamin. Now you got these other ten boys here, not including the girls, that you don't pregnant their mom with, but yet, moms with, yet, when it coming down to loving one or the other, you chose to love Rachel, who's now dead and gone, but yet still you mistreat Leah's children by favoring Joseph, which created a generational sibling debit, uh, uh, rivalry to the point they hate each other. Now, Joseph didn't hate them, but they hated Joseph. And Joseph kind of got a little air by himself because he started, you know, flung himself around them. You know, he would be the tail bear, go tell on him, stuff like that. Only made the situation worse. And then Jacob decides to, to bless uh, Joseph with this special coat of many colors. I mean, it, it was very nice material stuff. It was very nice. And he's walking around his brother with the coat. He, he's showing off the coat. He's only doing what's been given to him. Only creating more issues in the family. Because Joseph was favored by Jacob. Because of Rachel. Right. Now, what's wrong with that? This is, this is where um, the deception in the family is now rearing its ugly head. Because if you think about it, um, Ray, um, um, Jacob's mother and his uncle both deceived or taught him to deceive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they were teaching him deception. And so... Uh, by him being deceived to, to marry uh, Leah by his uncle, Laban. Yeah, yeah, uncle, yeah, Laban. Uh, teaching him to, 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 uh, to, uh, to marry Leah, 
it didn't change his heart about Rachel. And it didn't make him love Leah anymore to find out that this is his wife. And so this is where I believe the breakdown of that family was happening because here I am, I, I, I've been with her, this is my wife now, but my heart is still for this woman that I labored for. And so although, you know, a, a man will do what he do, it doesn't make him in love with her. And his love displayed in the children. And that's why it's, it's been proven that a man can have a relationship outside the marriage and it mean nothing. Nothing. Don't justify it now. It Not, doesn't. doesn't justify it. But it'd be meaningless because his and heart. When children come out of it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it sometimes it shows where his heart is based on how he is toward the children. That's just, I, I mean, that's facts. It's mm -hmm. hard fact, but sometimes it's, it's just how it is. Mm -hmm. um, and this also showed because Jacob loved Rachel. But the mental health of the children were impacted. Very impacted. Because now all they're getting is this ill treatment from their father. Not like their stepdad. This is their dad. This is the dad by their mom, which means he's the biological father. So it shouldn't have been this type of behavior going on. But because he was more interested in, in Rachel and Rachel all springs together, that he forsook his own other son. Now, I'm quite sure when he had his first son by Leah, he, he rejoiced. Mm -hmm. He was happy. But only to find himself, yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm thinking about, could it be too that Jacob. Let's get a mic, please. Could it be that Jacob, remember, he was even taught to. Yes. But his mom, Rebecca, Rebecca right? taught him deception. She taught. So could that be a cycle? That's like, what I mean. Yes. Uh, Jacob's mother. Rebecca and Rebecca, Isaac. Rebecca, right. But Rebecca was the one that, that taught had, him that to. Please give another mic. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Esau and Okay. Right. And so, but remember, Rebecca and Laban were siblings. Right. And Laban was the one who deceived Jacob. For the fourteen for the for the fourteen years, mm -hmm. so that shows you there's a there's a pattern in that family of deception, mm -hmm. and so that's where you know it down the road it manifested in the in mm -hmm. with Jacob and his love for his his uh, the woman that he loved children, and I would say uh, we say abused uh, the other boys, but uh, the fact or the other children of uh, of Jacob, but then he just preferred. Joseph and Benjamin over the other sons and daughters. And because yes, he loved Isaac, Rachel, Isaac, yeah. Leah was a was a, a contract. That wasn't who he wanted. But he'd been with her and in that time, you know, you can't just put a woman away, she'll be destitute. When you when you're with her, you you know, you take her off the market. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you know, you gotta keep her. <laughs> so this is polygamy. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. So she, she wasn't loved by Jacob. She was the contract. But the overall problem here is that the children had to experience the lack of fathering with compassion and uh, uh, appreciation because of the other two, which only made the other two suffer mental health issue because they got this thing going between the, uh, their brothers. They, they, these are their brothers. 
Even to the point that when Joseph was supposedly uh, killed, which he wasn't, his brother had conspired to kill him. They were that angry. They yeah. were that dis this right. hard toward him. As a matter of fact, selling him was the second yeah. choice. Yeah. The initial thought was to kill him. But, you know, the older brother just said that this is not right. This Mm -hmm. is our brother. And so he minimized it somewhat by just being sold into slavery um, um, as opposed to killing him. That was the option uh, to do. So that that shows you that there's dissension amongst even brothers. Mm -hmm. And that happens today. I mean, even in families today, you have those things going on where siblings are at odds with each other because one time, one point, the parent made a treat of one better than the other one. And that's part of that breaking cycle we got to break because down the road, these kids suffer with that. I mean, you got, I mean, even in my own personal siblings, there's been a, a distant connection because of things that happened in the past. Not that someone did one to someone, but the way someone was treated over someone. So we have to make sure we kind of, you know, fix that problem because it's only going to continue to go on. Here Joseph is now sold into slavery. Mm-hmm. Dad's being yet deceived by his own sons by saying that he died with Jacob said he died. They didn't say he died. He said Jacob said, oh, he must have been destroyed by a beast because they got the coat with the blood stain mm-hmm. of an animal. Mm-hmm. So Joseph, I mean, Jacob all may assume that he got devoured into pieces. They never, they never say he wasn't. They never say he did. They just went along with it. Right. So now we got this whole thing messed up. Though God's working a plan out of it, but you look who's been impacted mentally by this. Yes, they will be bringing provision to, for them because of Joseph in, in Egypt. How many of God could have brought provision without them going through all of this? Without them being someone. It could be just God could have worked the plan to get them in Egypt, just like he did most, get them in Egypt to provide for children of Israel in, in Goshen. While the Egyptians suffered when they came down to the play. See, God don't need your help to make things better. But when it comes to our children and their mental health, you and I as a parent, as the adult, have to make sure that we're not doing something to the children. They're going to call them to be rivaling with each other. I, I don't like when my grandkids argue with each other. It's not healthy. It's not healthy at all because when they do that, all they do is create more uh, uh, what was the word I'm using? Tension. Tension. Animosity. Yeah. Because mom or dad come in and get on one, he feel like he, he, he succeeded. The rest of them feel defeated. So you got to teach your kids how to communicate. You know, how, advocate for your children. Make sure they have balance. Yeah, you're going to have differences. You're going to have differences of view, differences of opinion. All your life's not going to be the same, but you should always remember your siblings. You should always remember how we're supposed to do our best to get along. If you don't fix it here when they come teenagers, you know, you almost going to forget it. Is, is that right, Counselor? Uh, uh, as far as I yes. Yeah. As you're saying, they won't, you know, it's, it's a likelihood they may not learn how to do that effectively amongst themselves, basically. That's my. Yes. Turn your mic on. Okay. 
I was saying that uh, society has just really normalized it and, and cloaked it under sibling rivalry. But uh, to really be at each other's throats and stuff, it just really doesn't have to happen like that because that is what they will do when they grow older. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. I remember, uh, and um, my uncles, my father's brothers, and they're all deceased except for I think one now, right? Just James, right? Um, but they, I mean, when I say fist fight, I mean, I'm talking blows, mm -hmm. like like strangers in the street. Mm -hmm. They would fight each other, blood, you know, like knock each other out. Like I think my uncle would knock Kenny out one time, a few times, several times, <laughs> many times. Mm -hmm. And the dysfunction, no, honestly, it was just, you know, these are uncles that we loved. Yeah. My father's brothers, and when they would drink and, you know, we know how they get, they get drunk and then they argue about the Bible. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, they fighting in Jesus' name, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're fighting about the Bible, you know, I don't know why they always fight about the Bible. They but know they, the you know, none of them right. So bad, I mean, you would not believe that they were brothers. But this came up from my understanding, yeah. and I hear the stories, little boys. Mm -hmm up to adulthood, grown men with their own children now fighting in the street. That's, that's the dysfunction that, that if it's not fixed, it becomes the next generation. Then their children do the same thing. You got cousins don't like each other. I mean, within the family. All because somewhere the psychic, uh, the mental capacity was altered. As you say, society is accept things. Yeah, a normalized. normalized she said, that, yeah. like, it's okay to have civil rivalry. And you're saying, no, that's not. And even in the homes, it's normalized. Oh, they just brother. They just, yeah. they, it's okay. They'll work it out. Brother fight. You, you can't oh, that's it. a brother fight. Yeah. No, it's not a, or siblings just, you know, all siblings fight. No, not all siblings mm -hmm. fight. No. Some for siblings shoot. And, and worsens. Yeah. And so the fight, because, you know, when fighting, fighting is about, Win and lose. So in a fight, somebody's got to lose. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that in, in, in siblings, you know, which one of your children is supposed to lose? Pass the mic to, to yeah. Minister Dana, please. I I, uh, someone, someone be my mic passer, please. Yeah. If you want to say something, raise your hand. That way we can get the mic to you. Um, I was going to reference in the scripture how it seems like each generation, something was introduced, it took it to another level. So in the dysfunction with them, they, you know, put on the deception that he was killed, and that's what the father said. But it even said in the scripture that they were trying to comfort their father, and he yeah. rejected, rejected them. them still. Yeah. So even with their fix, because they introduced now to another level, it got even worse. And I just want to share, um, not, in, not in Georgia, not in Columbus, because I don't want y'all to try to figure out which cemetery. But I have a family member who owns a cemetery. And we were talking last night that there was a drag strip race, and somebody just bumped into somebody. So the guy pulled out a gun and just started shooting. Well, a 19-year-old young girl ended up being an innocent bystander, and she was killed. So the funeral was yesterday, and he sends me pictures of the cemetery where the girl's own family, both sides of the family, at least 10 fights broke out. From the funeral to the cemetery to the whole entire day. 
And so I thought it was the opposite. Like maybe it was some of the people who were on the opposing sides. He said, no, it was her very own family going back and forth at each other to the point that law enforcement was taking off their weapons and fighting like they in the street with the people. Wow. All within the same family. Like they couldn't be unified in honoring the 19-year-old girl's life from whatever dysfunction, obviously, that mm -hmm. I think probably had already been there. Mm -hmm. At least 10 fights broke out at her home going. Yeah. See, the, no words. that's why the mental health is um, important that we address these matters. Because it's not uncommon when in our culture, folks start fighting <laughs> over foolishness when there's death in the family and after that's gone, the funeral, everybody go back to their the normalcy. It's not normal. The only time we come together when there is a funeral, we have to fix those, those, those I call situations for the children because they see that. Again, whatever we are pouring in our action, the kids are they're, they're receiving it. They're learning. They're learning bad behavior. Anyone else have a question for us? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Acacia. Not really a question, just a statement. Because um, yeah. one thing I always tell my students when I talk to them and I'm counseling them is, um, and they have that history of trauma in their family, I always say, well, our parents can only give us what they know to give. Um, but I think that that also puts a responsibility on parents that you have to heal that trauma so that we're not raising kids that have to go to therapy mm -hmm. based on what we've poured into them um, from the trauma that we've gone on and not healed ourselves. Um, so I think that as parents, you have the responsibility to make sure that you're healing those things within yourself so that you're not passing that on to the next generation. And then now we got a, a generation of kids that need therapy to fix what was poured into them as kids. Okay. And I think that that's probably what we are seeing demonstrated at those at this type of thing is really because, you know, and all of us can relate to this. We all have family issues. But we don't address the issues. We don't sit down and have the conversations. We get in our corners and yes. we have our little pockets of conversation. And then at these moments where we're most vulnerable, this is where these explosions happen. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we've been hold I've been holding this for 20 years. I've been holding this for 10 years. Yeah. We teach our children to dislike the next Family, family or the next, you know, because we sit at home and we have conversation and so don't like such and such and such because yeah. this, that, they, or they offended me or something like mm -hmm. that. So we teach our children not to like each other. In the family. I'm talking in the family. Mm -hmm. And so when we have these family situations where there's a vulnerable moment where mm -hmm. you're tender and, and, and rub raw because yeah. of the death or something like that, then these things pop off because we're all sensitive anyway. Yes. So I'm going to say, yes, ma'am. Dad, you did a, a teaching, I can't remember if it was a sermon or not, but I remember when I was working at DFACS, you sent it to me. But it's conflict resolution. Okay. And what I think would be good if you could get that just as a resource for us because we are seeing these things happen, but we're not given the tools to teach our kids. Because the truth is, is that there is some healthy conflict. Yes. If Eante and I are going for the same job, I don't hate him because he's going for the same job. You know, that can be some healthy competition, right. Right. some healthy conflict. Yeah. Siblings can have healthy conflict, and it's our place to teach them, them how to work with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many years ago you did yeah. it, but if you could find that, I think that that would be 
something that would be helpful for adults and kids alike. And I'll try to pull it up That's on my good. stuff. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Because even with the uh, who, let me see how my counselors, professional counselors, your professional counselors, we got one sister Tony, Tony. That's Tanya. 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 I call her Tanya. Tanya. <laughs> I, I call her Juice Lady. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Your uh, uh, yes. uh, uh, sister Lowe and uh, and uh, 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 Minister Anita. So we have the tools in the house. So I'm going to ask you all if you all would get the resources and bring them to us, so we can kind of give it to the church, so we can have information available. Because at the end of the day, when we leave this place. We need this thing to be fixed. Right. We can talk about speaking tongue all day long until you understand what, you, what you're speaking. You still got a situation. So we got to break the cycle. The only way we're going to break the cycle is this type of setting where you can hear it and then you can go home and work it out. Right. I want to encourage you, don't allow your kids to have fights among themselves. Right. It, it, yes, ma'am. Yes, uh, Pass the mic All to out battles. Sister. We're yeah. not talking about disagreements. Yeah, disagreement. They're going to disagree. Yeah, they're going to disagree. You know, you got my toy. You broke my toy. You got my phone. You broke my phone. Yeah. That that's gonna that's going to happen. But there's has to be a healthy way on the resolution of of the fight. Um, you know, being a mother of of three boys, you know, there was never a dull moment in my house and you know people used to say also too oh you know they're, they're just boys you know it's okay for them to fight no it wasn't you know and um Xavier he's the oldest so it's like six seven years in between uh Armand and the Carlos but Armand and the Carlos used to try to and I used to look at them like y'all fighting like you know y'all are strangers that was just un unacceptable you know and and I I mean I I should do, uh, I never forget, I, I don't know if this was healthy or not, but I put them in one T-shirt <laughs> one time where I, I made them, they, they were fighting, yeah. and I got a, one of their dad's large T-shirts yeah. and put them, huh? Yeah, and <laughs> I, 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 made, I, I wanted them, basically they had something, to, I think they had to clean the kitchen, but they had to work together mm -hmm. in that T-shirt. <laughs> They were close. One arm was in another, and one arm, and one arm was in the other, and the two was not. But I, but I met, and I, yeah, I, I'm like, y'all are going to figure this out. You are going to love each other. You are going to get along. And now with them being older boys, even though they are totally different, I, I see that the love that they have for each other now, all, all three of them, how they talk and how they bond. Yeah. But when they were younger, I was like, oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. they did. They seemed to not like each other at all. But that just was not acceptable to allow them to fight like that. So so in the, in the, the dynamics of what we're talking about is trying to safeguard the mental health to keep from becoming mental illness. Because everything starts off pure, only become impure when things that are being permitted. Again, it goes back to. Especially these educators. I know you all have to deal with this each and every day. Kids come to the school with a lot going on. And, and somehow in society, if it's having to be a child of color, they get put in a certain category automatically. Uh, a, a, a black man in America still have to deal with some conflicting issues here, which impacts that person's mental health. So what we have to understand, to order to alter the plan of the enemy, 
which is all Satan's plan is to break down the family, yep. to break down society. We got to know who he is. The Bible says the enemy coming out, but to steal, kill, and to what? Destroy. destroy. He'll use any means necessary to break up a family, to break up a person, to break your spirit. Right. And what Joseph's experience was, his father, beyond his, his generation, brought to him what he gave to his sons. As, as you stated earlier, I was going to bring that part out. Here they're trying to comfort him, the sisters too, and they still get rejected. And then when Joseph found out that Jacob is not, Jacob found that Joseph is not there, he still don't have a, a change of heart toward the other ones. Sometimes you're not careful, you'll take it to the grave with you. That behavior will go to the grave with you. And all the change that behavior, you gotta you gotta alter it now. Right. Amen. Anything else? I was going to say that I, I believe uh, the first thing we as uh, believers have to do is don't let the enemy rob us with shame. Yeah. When the family has breakdown and the family has issues and things that need to be resolved, don't let the enemy put you in a place of shame that you don't get the help or that you don't cry out mm -hmm. or that you don't ask for the help that is needed to make sure that you are good and your children are good and your great-grandchildren and grandchildren mm -hmm. are good. Because it's all about uh, that scripture that says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yes. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become. In other words, we're not going to get to the becoming part if we keep hiding dark. You got to be straightforward. The enemy come what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So anytime he raises his head in any one of those areas of our lives, we cannot let the enemy shame us with what, how, what people going to think. What people gonna, I don't care what people say. I'm going to be victorious. I'm yes, going to rise yes. above this, and I'm going to bring my family with me. And so that's, if we take on that mindset like that, you will find more with you, rallying with you, yes. than you ever will find that are walking against you. Especially at school. Yes. 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 Special education services, all of that, they're ashamed. Don't want to be labeled. Right. But that don't goes let's go back to we don't tell family problems. You have to. Yeah. And then not only that, but sometimes, I remember when we were younger, we had food stamps. You know, back in the day, we had the book, the actual book. You know, you tear out the $5. <laughs> Where them days at? Because you used to be able to hand them out. Yeah, here's your allowance. <laughs> I can't believe y'all clapping for that. <laughs> but we used to have food stamps. But, and this fed us. These little coupons fed us. But we had, you know, the mindset, we had been so... Uh, ridiculed as kids that the very thing that helped us we were ashamed of mm -hmm. the very thing now not try, don't try me today you, you give me <laughs> I'm going straight to the stuff before, the court, before you say what you're going to say this is why at World Changes we don't practice what we do for a community to highlight it it's already enough that that mental health is being impacted what was going on, then people videoed them and filmed them right, right. and their demise. Right. right. And, and I think that's where, uh, unfortunately, a lot of churches don't get it. You know, when we did our Christmas drive years ago, uh, we didn't go on the news time we were doing a Christmas drive. In fact, when we did it, the parents, when they right. came to church, 
while they were in service with the children, the parent, one parent would come next door, the toys already selected, put in a big trash, I mean, a commercial, I mean, um, uh, trash bag. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, the blacked out. The black, blackout bag. And then the parent would put in their, in their car and go home with it, put the toys and come back to church. So the, the children thought their parents got the toys. Because now, like, when, and this is because I never experienced it, I never understood why you give a child a toy before Christmas in charity. Only for that child to open that up Christmas Day. And that, the that food, impact. We never yeah. stopped with the yeah. Christmas drive. No. We've been giving, we just don't put it out Put it out, yeah. Food, we still do food. Mm-hmm. We still give food, but yes. we just don't, I don't have to call the whole deacon board over to, to, to give out food. We yeah. don't have to call all the mothers in. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, it's just. Discretion the key. Discretion. You know that it's it's enough that the person is is in that place, and it's nothing about pride. Yeah. It's sometimes it's just giving that person dignity, yeah. Yeah. and then to have to stand in a line and and then you know got to give your whole life story yeah. just to get a plate of food. No, yeah. let's just feed them and be you. done with this. Yeah. Come on in, come on in. Over there, God help me, Jesus. Yeah, help us. Mm. Okay, yes, darling. I was going to say too, as a mother, um, I was going to piggyback on what Amitra said. I was one of those mothers who was ignorant when services were recommended for my for one of my kids, and um, me and my mother both were very ignorant um, to what they were telling us. They were telling us that you know this particular child needed special education, and dad is going to put us all on the uh, crab and all was going down. Um, we were very ignorant, and so it, the, initially when it was told to us, we was like no, because in our minds. We thought, you know, when we were in school, special education looked a lot different than what it did today. And so when it was told to us, we was like, no, no, that's not the case. But we eventually started noticing that there were things that this child just could not help, could not do. And once he got the services, once we actually said, okay, well, let's just educate ourselves while we're in these meetings with the teachers, parents, just tone down a little bit. Because I can't tell you how many of my kids' teachers, when they come and talk to me, because they talk to me, because I text them all the time and call them all the time, or they call me all the time. But their initial is so much anxiety because they're not sure if the parent is going to pop off on them just by saying, hey, this is what happened. So I always get this when they call, hey, Miss Young. No, it's not bad. It's one that you know. I say, look, I know my four. You ain't got to tell me nothing. If you call me, it's for a reason. So, you know, parents, we have to educate ourselves on what the teachers are telling us is what is required of our children. That's asking questions. And us stop being ashamed of what our children may need because some of the things that they are needing is not a deflection or reflection of who we are as parents. It's some things that just have happened and that we have to do our part by educating ourselves. I'm making you proud, Anita. By educating ourselves and making sure that we're doing everything that we can to make sure our kids succeed because now that we have done that, this child is just flourishing in ways that we could not have imagined. Now, there's some other things that we're still working on in the home front, but as far as school, he has exactly what he needs. This boy is a football player and all types of stuff going on. So I think at the end of the day, parents, educate yourself. Dime back when the teachers come and talk to you because at the end of the day, it's still a village. It's just at the school and at home now. So that's what I wanted to add, just from the parents' point of view. That is a hand clap and right there. That's that is. And then just to, yes. ju- to kind of uh, give you the rounded picture of that, is that 
some people see things you don't see. Because I wasn't a trained eye. We weren't trained eyes to see it in the early stage. All we saw was a little child that we loved and da-da-da. We didn't see but the trained eye saw. They had to get older for us to start saying, wait. Wait a minute. It wasn't that we couldn't accept it. We didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And so we, def- we deflected because, like, well, I don't see all that. Well, but in actuality, it was, it was just because we were untrained. So we, even in that, what you're saying, right. we had to, uh, sometimes we have to learn mm-hmm. what we don't understand. Someone else gets it. And then be able to, as a village, because that's what it took. And I even to this day, I said publicly, if I ever saw them again, I would tell them, thank you. Yeah. You know, thank you for recognizing that so oh, early oh, on in his right. age yeah. uh, that uh, we were able to, you know, eventually catch the ball and, and start running with it. And now it. we yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Father's time. By the same token, um, when, when parents, when your kids come and talk to other people, and share information with them. Don't get upset because they talked to somebody else. I had a young man last, this past week who talked with me, and when we got finished, he told me he loved me. I said, why do you love me? He said, because you listened to me. You didn't get upset. Mm-hmm. It's not like me talking to the teachers. Uh, I can't even get out what I got to say without them jumping on me. So... It's about how people will listen to what they say, so don't get upset because sometimes we can share valuable information with you, and then we can talk to the kid about talking to you. But you can't get upset every time your kids say something and jump on them and don't let them finish. That's why they don't talk. So you got to make yourself open and available to hear what they have to say and be okay with it. That, that's the thing. You may not like it, but you got to be okay with it and hear what they're saying and then move forward from that. And even from a, a, a parent that may be in the, in the midst of us uh, watching us by live stream, um, this is not to make you feel bad by any means. It's not to um, start some stuff in you to make you feel like you condemn. It, it's about getting the help. So we want to thank you for joining us today here at the Tabernacle as we are in this series dealing with the mental health of children, uh, adults, the family, and with society. We look forward to seeing you soon. We are a resource that will be available. You may reach us at 706-562-8070. One of our professional staff will be available to assist you with information to help you and your family to address and to be able to embrace the need for mental